Good morning. We start with breaking news and a deadly earthquake has rocked Indonesia, killing at least 162 people and injuring hundreds more. Rescuers are locked in a desperate search for survivors in the wake of the magnitude 5.6 tremor, but the death toll is expected to climb. The terrifying tremor struck without warning, reducing homes and businesses to rubble. As shocked locals wandered through the debris, the sounds of panic voices and children crying rang out. The 5.6 magnitude quake shook towns and villages across West Java, the streets of Jianja, the quake's epicentre resembling a war zone. The powerful tremor was even felt in the capital, Jakarta, where high-rises swayed, causing panic among office workers. Local television showed scenes of chaos as crowds of injured people, some bandaged and bleeding, rushed to hospitals and clinics for treatment. Children among those carried in by relatives, the number of casualties quickly overwhelmed medical staff. The injured treated in the open air wherever they lay. The damage is extensive, thousands of buildings beyond repair. Those who lost their homes huddling under makeshift shelters. The earthquake threat is ever-present in Indonesia, located on the Ring of Fire, an arc of fault lines and volcanoes along the Pacific Basin. Rescue crews are desperately searching for any survivors. Dozens of aftershocks, a reminder the danger is not over yet. Natalie Barr, 7 News. A polar air blast has battered Victoria, bringing damaging winds of up to 130 kilometres an hour in the state's southeast. A house in Yarra Junction, east of Melbourne, was struck by a 50-metre tree that narrowly missed the family inside and sort of clipped the lounge room, which is on the other side. So that's where we were sitting in the lounge room watching telly. And yeah, it's just like an explosion, so bang. Gusts are expected to return today as thousands of Victorian households remain without power. North of the border, winds up to 100 kilometres an hour were recorded in Sydney. It forced the cancellation of 30 flights at Sydney Airport, while dozens coming in from interstate also failed to arrive. Much of the country's southeast is sandwiched between low and high pressure systems, triggering the brutal wind gusts. A major emergency has been declared in South Australia in response to the state's worsening flood crisis. Riverland and Murraylands communities have been hit by more rainfall at the same time as a significant water release from Hume Dam. We now face a genuine possibility of another peak to the river flow. Nearly eight kilometres of flood barriers will be erected across the River Murray region. The Premier and his Cabinet will today visit affected regions. The Albanese government is under pressure from the Senate crossbench to split their industrial relations bill with fears tens of thousands of businesses could be caught out. Let's go live now to political reporter Jennifer Beshwati in Canberra. Good morning, Jen. What are the crossbench's concerns? 
Good morning, Jody. Basically, they're concerned that many small businesses will suffer as a result of these changes. This is due to the multi-employer bargaining part of the legislation, which allows workers from similar small and um, larger businesses to band together and bargain for better pay and conditions. Now, the crossbench supports most of the bill. They just want that part, the multi-employer bargaining bit, taken out and debated next year, saying it needs to be properly scrutinised. But Labor and the unions disagree. They say that the bill must pass in full before the end of the year. The coalition doesn't support it. It's released um, data this morning suggesting that 56,000 businesses, small businesses in particular, could be hit with industrial mayhem, including strikes. Now, this is a concern held by business groups. Take a listen. This bill represents a very significant backward step in the way in which uh, bargaining is undertaken uh, around the country. It drags businesses in to agreements uh, that they don't want and they can't afford. Meanwhile, uh, unions are preparing to launch a national campaign for menstrual and uh, menopause leave, declaring that the current leave entitlements don't adequately reflect the health experiences of women. Now, some businesses do offer menstrual leave, but the unions say it's not enough and they want a, a nationwide scheme similar to the ones used for uh, domestic violence and paid parental leave. The unions do acknowledge that this is a tough battle, particularly because men just don't like to talk about menstruation. But, uh, Jody, they say that the conversation must be had. OK, Jen Beshwadi in Canberra, thank you. More controversy is plaguing the FIFA World Cup with pro-LGBTQ armbands outlawed at the 11th hour. England captain Harry Kane joined several other national captains in claiming they would defy a potential ban on the One Love armbands. But the teams later backed down from those plans after players were threatened with yellow cards or other sporting sanctions. In an apparent show of solidarity with protesters in Iran, the Iranian players decided not to sing the national anthem before their match against England.